Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your host, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is Tuesday, April 12th. The end of the season is done. There's some more basketball, Al. Oh, my God. Like, Don't what do we me. do? What do we do? Like, I know that we joked about saying, man, I can't wait for the season to be over. Can we jump into the offseason? But it honestly feels weird knowing that, man, that's, that's it. I feel like the season went by fast and slow at the same time. Yep, it feels like from 2020 to today, it feels like it's been a blur. It's gone fast, but it's gone slow. So I think the same thing happened with this season. It it was really fast. It was fun. It was dreadful at times. Um, We made it. It's the end. But like you said, I I was telling my wife today, like, I feel like I have so much time available now, like this week. Like, I don't have anything to do after work. It's just working out and whatever I want to (laughs) do. It just feels weird. Yeah, so in today's episode, we are going to be talking a little bit about the postseason interviews from the players. We're going to talk a little bit about um, just kind of like the season in review, like all the highs and the lows. Um, And how can we not talk about the draft? And I kind of want to touch base on that first. Now that college basketball is over, now that the NBA season is over and we're transitioning to NBA playoffs, we're getting really, really close to the next stop, which is the lottery where we, we get to know exactly where it is that we'll end up drafting. But as it stands right now, because nothing's going to change, the only thing that can change these teams' mind is once they start doing the workouts with these players. But as of right now for you, Al, who is your guy? Who are you putting that that token on that this is the guy that you want the Orlando Magic to draft? After we've seen everything we can possibly see from March Madness to the scouting reports that we've read, um, we haven't seen too much of the the highlights and 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 reviews in that manner because we do want to save it for reaction videos that we um we started doing last year. But for the most part, who are you looking at? Who's your pick? So if we were to have the first pick, we we got and it was up to me to get our guy. I feel like Jabari Smith. It's a guy that I would go with, and I think we we talked about this a few weeks ago. But I, I will summarize it in this: he's a shooter. Yes, he can play defense. Yes, he's long. But the one skill that I keep reading about that can translate to the NBA level is his shooting. Uh, there's been some comparisons to Rashard Lewis out there. But imagine Rashard Lewis being able to play defense, which will be exciting, will be, will be kind of intriguing at least. Um, so if I had the first pick and I was running the front office, I also see him as the best fit next to Franz, J.I., Wendell. He can kind of play multiple positions. Um, he's fast enough to guard some twos in the NBA level. So because of that, I think that would be my guy. How about you? I don't have a selection. I honestly don't have, because it, it really depends on what article I'm reading because I am so easily convinced with the top three. All I care is that we are in the top three. So all I care about. Um, a lot of people have said it. I agree with it. This is a three-man draft. You want to be able to draft one of Chet, Paolo and Jabari, one of those three. You don't want to be that team that ends up falling out. That's 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 a political correct response. I I get that, but it's it's not. 
it's it, not. Wait, 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 wait. But this, this Magic is the, have the first pick, Anthony, and you're you're running the team. Who do you draft today? Based on what we know, I know things can change, but based on what we know today, who you're picking? See, but why are you changing the question? I, I gave you it. my response. <laughs> um, I, I think it's kind of hard not to select Jabari number one, just because there there there's a lot of talks about him just being so like there, there's a huge gap between him and and Chet and and Paolo. So they say. I mean, from from his defensive ability, his shooting, like you don't want to be not having that one player that doesn't have the body size, um, the the NBA body that can't shoot. Like he he is someone out of the three that might be the most ready to play and, and integrate right now. I still don't fully understand the whole sweating situation with Paolo, and that's one <laughs> of the things that concerns me. And and I yeah. say this every single time that there's a draft conversation pops up, I bring it up because I still don't understand it. And I don't know. And if, if you guys know, leave it in the comments, let us know, but I don't know how severe or how serious it is because they're going from, you know, playing almost 50% more basketball in the NBA. The game is a lot faster. You're playing with more elite competition. How advanced and how serious are we really looking into this now? Granted, you're talking about, you know, an NBA team that will be able to have the money, the resources to really get a hold of it. But I mean, what what was it that we read that this dude was losing like 11, 12, 13, 15 pounds a game from from the amount of sweat and the cramping? And we've seen the videos of him getting those cramps. Um, I, I just didn't follow it close enough to say whether or not they actually got a hold onto it. I know that, you know, the Duke, they had some type of you know, formula that they were able to give him that, you know, they were able to help and support him that way. But how serious is it? If it wasn't for that, he might be my pick. Maybe. Maybe. And you know what? A lot of people agree with you. A lot of people on Twitter, Instagram have said it like Paulo is our guy. He's the one that we want to go for. But you know, what's funny. So I posted on Twitter last week, a little poll, just I was bored. I think it was last Sunday or something. And I said, you know, if the magic had the first pick, who would you take? And the poll results was about 245 votes. 19% selected Chet with the number one pick. Look at this one, though. 38% for Paulo, 39% for Jabari Smith. Neck and neck between Paulo and, and Jabari Smith. Other 4%, I'm guessing that would be Ivy and any of the other guards that are in the draft this year. But what that's telling me is that no matter what happens with the Magic, say we get the first pick, and I truly hope that we do. Like you said, we want to make that decision. We don't want to pick a leftover. I still believe a lot of Magic fans won't be happy because, as you can see in this poll, a lot of debate as to who's that number one. Some people still believe Chet is that guy, like that next KD, like that dude that's going to transform the league, a unicorn. And some believe he's going to be Mo Bamba 2.0, even worse. So it's it's like how we can yeah. end up playing it's going to be wild. Yeah, and the fan base is so divided. Like you can't say that everyone's collectively rooting for this guy to get drafted or or the next. The the real reason why I said I don't care as long as we get the top 3 is that I desperately feel like we need to be able to have that player that can step in and fill that Jonathan Isaac void. Jonathan Isaac, as we know, the minute that they came out with the announcement that he's going to be shut down for the season, he ended up re-injuring himself and had to get surgery. We don't really know if he's going to be available at the beginning of next season. We really don't know. We're hoping. We're hoping for that, but we don't know. My thing about Jonathan Isaac is I've already accepted these last two years that Jonathan Isaac hasn't been part of the team fully the way that we want him to be. I've accepted it already. 
we can only beat ourselves over the head so much with it. Jonathan Isaac has an extended contract with the Orlando Magic. He's not going anywhere unless some type of transaction happens. He's not. We're paying him money. So the way I see it is for the meantime, you need to be able to have one of these guys that allows for us not to be fully handcuffed or handicapped to the health of Jonathan Isaac. Because the first step is getting Jonathan Isaac to come back healthy. The second step is making sure that he stays healthy. And I think that that has been the biggest concern when it comes to Jonathan Isaac. Because how comfortable do you feel with Markel Fultz right now in his health hmm. and being able to stay in play? Even with minute restrictions, you you have that sense that, dude, this dude can play another 20 minutes and he's, he's going to ball out. Mm-hmm. Like, I have confidence that he's really, really healthy. But you won't have that with J.I., unfortunately. No, and don't forget that a guy like Clay Thompson, who's back, who's healthy, it's taken him a good two and a half months, maybe two months, to truly start looking like he's his old self. So even if you have J.I. coming back next season in October for training camp, which is the goal, right, you could potentially say that it might be December, January, before he starts playing regular minutes, before he starts looking like himself, and again, knock on every piece of wood in the house, that he stays healthy. So if you draft a first-round pick or whatever it may be as a power forward, you could bring him along slowly, like Markel right now. 20 minutes a night, 25 minutes a night, kind of slowly, gradually get him up to 30, 35 minutes. But it might be a while, even if he's fully healthy come September, October. So I agree with you. I think the top three is where you want to be. Uh, we'll have plenty of debates here about what happens if we fall to six, if we fall to five, then what happens? We'll talk about that later on in other episodes. Um, but for now, best case scenario, we got the first pick. You got to go one of those three guys. Whoever you, they choose, I fully believe they're going to make the right decision. I still think, though, 100%, Jabari Smith will be the best fit on this team as currently constructed. That could easily change come July 1st. So based on today, that's my thinking. Yeah, and the magic right now, listen, we ended the season strong, ended up with the W, and yes. uh, we're sitting pretty in this in this NBA you know, lottery uh, percentage-wise. We have the second worst NBA record in um, in the NBA. Right now, it's Houston with another season, them being the worst team. that They, they did a, a really good job at being the worst team. So at the very least, we can say that we weren't the worst basketball team in the NBA. It was Houston. Um, and then uh, it's followed by Detroit and OKC. How comfortable are you knowing that we have the second worst record in the NBA? The NBA draft, the, the lottery can literally fall any way, but how confident are you? Listen, we did our job, man. We developed our players. That was the goal of the season. We positioned ourselves to be in position to get one of the top picks in the draft. That's all we could have asked for. Would I have rather be the number one, meaning the worst team in the league, and have the floor being the fifth pick? Sure. But at the same time, again, you you can't control everything. Houston did a great job, again, losing it towards the end. And and they play their guys. They didn't really bench a bunch of people. Um, It just, again, that's the way it worked out. So I'm not going to... Blame the front office, the coaching staff for the way things worked out. We still have the best odds for a first, second, or third pick. So from that standpoint, I'm happy. But very important to to understand this, um, Adam on Twitter, which we've had him as a guest on the show, he posted something really interesting. And we saw it last year. Remember, Houston had the worst record, and they dropped to number two in the draft. Well, here we go again. They have the first rec- the, the worst record, best odds. And Adam mentioned in every draft lottery, under the current format, the team with the worst record has never ended with the number one pick. 
Also, at least two teams have jumped from the outside of the top four into the top four in each lottery. Now, the good news for the Magic might be the Magic have not moved up in 14 NBA draft lotteries, lotteries since 1993. Is that a good thing? Is I it, think we're due. Is and it last really year we said this, right? We were like, oh man, we're due, we're due. And then we unfortunately still dropped. But man, imagine if we have these odds and we drop again to five or six, like that would be a, a lot of bad luck. I think, I feel confident saying we're gonna end up at least top three this year. But it's important to understand that like, Losing and ending with the worst record doesn't guarantee you anything. If anything, we talked about this last week, 50% to have the fifth pick. That's scary when you think about it. Like, man, we can easily drop here. And again, Houston did it last year. They were number one. They dropped to number two. So who's to say we cannot be the Pistons this year? Number two, worst record, jump to number one. We'll find out. All right. So now you kind of threw the GM hat on me, so I'm passing it right back to you. Let's say worst case scenario happens. Worst case scenario is that the Magic end up drafting at number six. What do you do with the six pick? Do you stay put and you just draft best available player? Or is there somebody that you like enough to where you might look to try to move up? Because the concern with this draft, and I kind of feel like this is, you know, the consensus almost every year, every year somebody out there writes some article stating that, you know, this isn't a a deep draft class, this isn't a good draft, whatever case may be. But does it become time to maybe, maybe cash in and try to move up? The way that Orlando Magic history has shown is that time after time after time, and maybe not last season, uh, just because we we are happy with the outcome of our draft, um, but we've always been that one player away from drafting the guy that we wanted. It's always been that one player. Could... Is this draft? Do you see this draft being that if we do end up drafting six, do you stay put or do you see what you can do to try and move up? I don't know. I, I feel like there's some players at six that you can still get some solid return. Think of Franz last year. I, I see some players that could be the Franz of this draft that you're so focused on the top three, forgetting about those guys in the five, six, seven range, but they might just simply be a really good fit with the Magic and surprise people. So, it's tough to say. I would love for the Magic to say, you know what, man, we're going for it. Let's straight up. I would love for that to happen. But last year I was begging for that because I really wanted Jalen Green and that didn't quite happen just based on the fit. Like he would have been such an amazing fit just positionally for our team and that didn't happen. So I don't know. Maybe that that happens this year or maybe they just straight the pick at that point and say, hey, you know what? Mm, we missed out on the top three. Let's package the pick and get something different, a vet or whatever it may be that fits better. But I don't know. I don't see the magic moving up unless they really, really love one of the top three guys. Dude, if something happens and we end up falling out of top five, if we if we even get five, if we don't get into the top four, if we don't get into top three, right? I never want to hear the word tanking ever again. I don't. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to root because this will be the second season in a row that we successfully, well, maybe not Maybe not last season, but we did a really good job at tanking and we didn't get rewarded for it. So keep that in mind. But on another note, kind of moving past the draft, um, man, G League Finals MVP, Devin Kennedy, really big ups to that man 
who secured an NBA multi-year contract with the Orlando Magic. How excited are you for Devin? Devin with an I, not an O. How excited <laughs> are you for him? Um, and, you know, this is someone that you followed pretty closely. So from seeing how, and, and it's crazy because I almost forgot how severe his injury was. I, I watched it again. Uh, the minute that, you know, they announced, I watched, I watched the video again, and that injury was gruesome. It was a really mm-hmm. bad injury. And just to kind of see that man kind of go through it, come back, and really, like, get the contract down with the Orlando Magic um, is really excited for him. But how excited are you to see him, you know, sticking with the team a little bit longer? Super excited. I mean, this doesn't guarantee that he's going to be with the team next year. It could easily, he could easily get bought out or something like that. But assuming that he will be in Orlando as a two-way contract, whatever it may be, you got to be happy for this man. I mean, he did all the right things. He went to the G League, grinded, won a championship, unfortunately got hurt towards the end of last season when he was finally getting the chance that he got this year. So we couldn't really see what he could do at the NBA level. But guess what, man? In, in six games that he played or five games he played with us, you can see one thing. His skill is shooting the ball. And he's, he's confident in it. He doesn't hesitate. And, man, I keep saying to people he reminds me a lot of Seth Curry when, when he was kind of getting to that level of becoming a good player. Not there today. But if you give this kid the reps and the, the confidence to say, hey, go out there and, and shoot the ball when you're open, he shows me flashes. Um, love the energy on the bench. He's a, a great teammate. Uh, on the G League level, nobody, everybody loved this guy. We've had some of the G League um, trainers from the G League, and they said great things about him when we've, when we've had them on. So you love to see this kid accomplish what he has accomplished after that gruesome injury, grinding in the G League again this year, and ending up where he is right now. So super excited. I hope he's in training camp, and I truly hope that at the very least, he's a two-way contract for us. I, I've been a fan of his since last year. So let's see. And man, Magic fans are so honest, man. And and the way that they gravitate towards Kennedy is 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 crazy because he is he is literally a fan favorite. He is deserving of a contract. We kind of didn't understand why he wasn't put in that in that two weight category earlier on. We we understood the 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 injuries and whatnot. But you know, when his injury happened last season, we were kind of hoping that they would still you know still keep that two-way and then they ended up cutting him uh fortunately after but it was good to see that they still kept him around um and they still followed through and i think that's is definitely one hell of a story and it's it's exciting man because i wish that we utilize the two-way contracts better like i, I really wish that we did i haven't been a fan of of the way that they have been utilized and i feel like you know those those positions should be a player that specializes in that one skill and you take a look at you know our roster and you know, there's there's only a handful of players that you can honestly say that they are they're sharpshooters. And you know, he's he's definitely that. I would I would put my money on on him outshooting anyone on the team. Easily. Without a doubt. Easily. Without a doubt. All right. So one of the biggest things also <clears throat> that a lot of people were really looking forward to, and something that we can really hang our hat on was the fact that Franz Wagner, rookie, playing 82 games. There's only five players that have accomplished that feat. Unfortunately, towards the end, my guy Franz didn't make it through, suffered multiple ankle injuries, one on the left and the right. Um, what are your thoughts on on kind of how the season ended for Franz um, and him not being able to fully, it's not being able to play the full 82 games 
you know, disappointing. That's the word, disappointing, because, I mean, at least he had that going for him. Uh, I think we can all agree that he was not going to win Rookie of the Year. We, we know that, unfortunately. He played well enough to be considered one of the best rookies, but he had that going for him. Like, hey, this guy started 82 games. Like, that was something that you could never take away from him as a rookie. And unfortunately, like you mentioned, a couple of silly plays here and there, he sprained his ankle. He misses a game, comes back, and literally a day later, uh, a play later, he sprains the ankle again, his opposite ankle. So very strange, to be honest. The way that it happened, it's unfortunate, disappointing. It's the word um, that I can think of. But at the same time, no need to rush out at the end. Why have him come back? Play it safe at that point. Even that second injury, honestly, I don't know why he was out there, to be honest. Uh, but it is what it is at this point. It's too late to to change anything. So unfortunate, but um, you can still not deny the impact they had on the team. The future is so bright for this kid. Play it safe. Go out there in the summer, get stronger, become a better shooter, and come back even better next season. What's going on, Magic fans? The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay does not hit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament, and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I still find it funny how, you know, we still see videos um, up to this point of, you know, people's reaction when we drafted Franz Wagner. Um, how everyone was so bummed out. And I'm not going to lie to you. We all had the same reaction. Like it, it it looked and felt like, you know, someone took out all the air in the room when, you know, we announced that we drafted Franz Wagner. Um, But it's, it's, it's good to see how, you know, we got the opposite, the opposite of that. Like nobody, nobody expected minus a couple people that keep reminding us that, you know, they, they called it from the very beginning, but I got into a little debate with, you know, a couple different Toronto Raptor fans that ended up commenting on on an old tweet that I had and, and pretty much saying, like, you know, Scotty Barnes, like, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is Rookie of the Year. Scotty Barnes this. You guys wish that you had Scotty Barnes and, you know, Jalen Suggs is a bust. <clears throat> I don't understand where this confusion is of, of calling Jalen Suggs a bus. And one of one of the arguments was tell me one reason why. And because I, I explained that I would at this point, I would still dr- I would still select Jalen Suggs over Scotty Barnes. And granted, we didn't get that option. It's not like we decided to skip over Scotty Barnes. No, Scotty Barnes was already taken and we went with Jalen Suggs. But even if I was given the option, I would still select Jalen Suggs over Scotty Barnes. And they asked me why. 
Give me one good reason why you would do that. One. And my response was Franz Wagner. That's the reason why. Franz Wagner is a six foot ten, small three that can not only dominate the basketball, but also doesn't need the basketball to dominate. And I think that we lucked out so much with this kid that, you know, when we when we look three, four, or five years down the road, we still might be looking at Franz being our one of our top players easily, easily. That's the thing. And again, it's not for nothing. Scotty Barnes just wasn't a fit. And that's where the excitement came from when, when that draft happened. And, and we found out, oh, they took Scotty Barnes. He didn't fit. We were expecting to have J.I. back healthy this season. We had Chuma. The way it worked out, we we're going to have Franz Wagner a few picks later. So the way the draft kind of went, it wouldn't have made sense. But you're right. I had some Raptors fans pull up one of my tweets from July of last year when I said, thank you, uh, thank you Raptors. Like, I don't know where. Some this dude started just going at it and saying, oh, you guys suck and the magic this and the magic that. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're in the playoffs. Enjoy it. Barnes, they're being a really good prospect. Congratulations. Have an amazing playoff run. That's it. That's all I said. I, I'm not going to go into it with this guy. But it's amazing how they have this thing with Magic fan, with the Magic organization as to say, like, oh, Jalen Sox a bust. And you guys, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand it. Enjoy the fact that you're in the playoffs, man. Like, we're the second worst team in the NBA. Why do you care about us? Like, let us be. I don't get it. And they they had some pretty nasty reactions too. Nobody in Toronto was happy that they drafted Scotty Barnes. They were all mad that they didn't get Jalen Suggs. And realistically, I'm still thinking back, like, why did that happen? Like, they just lost, you know, Lowry. Why do they not want a player like exactly. Suggs to kind of, you know, replace him? And it worked out for them. Like, great yeah. job. And and now one person and and I've I've read a million different comments, million different conversations. There hasn't been one Magic fan that I've ever heard say Scotty Barnes is terrible or Scotty Barnes is trash. Like nobody said exactly. that. Scotty Barnes is a great player, and I'm happy that you know he's he's doing good in Toronto. But I have my preference, and I prefer Franz and Jalen over just Scotty Barnes. A hundred percent. And not for nothing, if he was on this team right now, Barnes. He would not be the player that he is in Toronto. It's easy to be a standout when you got all stars next to you. When you got a team that's built to make the playoffs, and you're just basically showing up and dunking the ball and hitting an open three here and there. In Orlando, he would have to be a creator. He would have to be a guy that, that creates, like again, like Franz ended up being towards the end, a playmaker, a guy that knocks down shots. That's not his game. We all know it. His game is, oh, I'm open to the lane, dunk. Open to the lane, layup. It's easy that way. You got all stars next to you. So. I do not think Scotty Barnes today wearing a magic uniform would have been, you know, on ESPN left and right and getting all this love that he's getting. That wouldn't be the case. Um, the only true fits that I had seen, if we could have gotten a better pick last year, would have been Mobley, Cade, or my guy Jalen Green. That Those guys would have fit naturally in the, on this roster. Scotty Barnes wasn't there, unfortunately. That's just how I see it. How clever of you just to, you know, say the top three picks in the draft. How clever. This year we'll get it, though. This year we'll get it. I'm, I'm confident. <laughs> now, Markel Fultz ended up starting his final three games of the season. You definitely called it that you did see him starting at some point towards the end of the season. Um, and, you know, against the game against Miami, he had a you know career-high 15 assists. You know, how good was it to see Markel on the floor, uh, on the floor playing a little bit extra minutes um, and him performing at the level that he's performing? 
insane, man. The energy that this guy brings to the to, to the team, number one, but number two to the crowd. It, it is yet I have yet to see a game where he checks in at MY. He doesn't get a loud ovation automatically. People love this kid. They love what he brings to the table. He plays so hard. Um, but to answer your question, 15 assists yesterday, played really well as a starter, only playing about 20 minutes a night, but he still got the chance to be out there um, as a starter. But a really cool stat that I found. Uh, so his per 36-minute stat in his 18 games this season, 19.5 points, 10 assists, 4.9 rebounds per contest. Only Chris Paul and Trey Young have better per 36 assist averages amongst players who appear in at least 10 games. That tells you this kid is a true point guard, a playmaker, and you can't see it, man. This kid puts the ball where he wants it, and he knows exactly where his teammates want it to shoot the ball. And it's unfortunate that our team is not that great of a shooting team, except last night they looked amazing against Miami. But this we, guy's missed wide open looks. Like, Chuma gets this wide open looks left and right from, from Markel. He makes them, but there's something you're like, man, you're wide open. Even Devin Kennedy got a few looks that were like, whoa, how did he get that pass to him? He got him, and he ended up missing that shot. So very easily, Markel could average 10 assists next season on a team that's, again, better shooting, better players around him. Mind you, he did all this while playing with a bunch of G-leaguers most of the time. That's insane to me. Um, but to answer your question, man, it, it, the energy he brings, he already said it. He has some goals for himself this summer that he wants to accomplish and be even better next season. So can you imagine that? Like his three-point shot, again, is still not nice, nice looking. That form is not all there, but he's taking the shots. He has confidence in it to take it. And that mid-range shot, man, is just simply deadly. So I'm so excited to see him go into the offseason healthy, focusing on just improving his game. It's going to be really, really fun to see what he looks like next season. And I think that what makes everything even that much more exciting is how positive like everybody was after the end of the season. Markel Foles ended up saying that the sky is a limit for the team. I truly believe that we can um, be something really, really special. We're all ready for that challenge. And I think that, you know, you, you talk about Wendell Carter, who suffered um, some of the injuries towards the end of the season. You kind of saw that chemistry building. Um, and then Dan Savage um, from OrlandoMagic.com, he had wrote an article. And in this article, he talked about how for a team that is considered to be one of the worst teams in the NBA, they didn't act like it mm -mm. to each other. Like the chemistry is so strong that they really enjoy being around one another. They really believe of, of what it is that they're building. They celebrated on and off the court for you know, little celebrations, milestones, uh, growth, development. Um, they they rallied they rallied one another. Even on social media, we've seen it from you know being in the locker room and and celebrating with with water bottles. You can really tell that you know everyone wants to be a part of of what's going on in in that growth. Um, Wendell Carter was quoted saying that you know we're we're going to be lit next year. Like everyone is really really excited next year because they know what's coming. They know that Markel Fultz is going to be fully unleashed and he's going to be able to jump into next season without minute restrictions. And you got, you know, hopefully the return of Jonathan Isaac. You have a full offseason to where now Franz Wagner, Jalen Suggs, you know, they're they're no longer rookies. They understand the game. So their their growth and development is going to be, you know, their game is going to be a little more mature and and they already have that cohesiveness. And then don't forget, they got that trip to 
the Dominican Republic coming up. So yes, you know, chemistry is going to be crazy. But it's funny, man. Like you talk about, you know, we got a high drive pick, two high second round picks. If yep. we use them, we know how that if. goes. Um, we got money to spend, but probably the biggest leap that we can take as a team. It's we keep saying this, but it's true. Internal development. I'm sounding like Jeff and John right now, but it's but it's true. If Jalen Suggs just shoots a little better, he averaged 12 points a night while not being able to hit crap from three point range. If he just hits one or two a game. Just a minor improvement. He's now averaging 15, 16 points a game. Markel played only 20 minutes and averaged almost 11 points. Imagine if he next season can hit a three a game. If his free throws are so much better, mid range is deadly, attacking inside is deadly. So, if those little improvements that each player brings next season, Wendell Carter was a beast towards the end. If he can maintain that through the whole season, again, it's scary how good this team can be without even thinking about a top pick. Free agency, yep. just the guys that we have. It's it's fun. It's fun. And I think the the perfect example or team that you can look at and say, you know, this this is a reality, this is a possibility, is really taking a look at the Cavs. The Cavs were the thirteenth uh worst team in the East, twenty two and fifty, and they make a leap of a jump. Granted, certain things occurred for that to happen. Darius Garland balled out, drafting Evan Mobley, that he ended up being a game changer for them. And now they're in the playing tournament. They're eighth in the East. So you take a look at that, and the Magic haven't had the opportunity to be fully healthy. We haven't had that opportunity. What? Tell me what team in the NBA can be extremely successful without their two best players. No team out there. No team. Uh, listen, Markel and Jonathan Isaac, they're your two best players. We didn't have them. Markel still finished the season with minute restrictions. Now you're going into the offseason with those two guys in a like I don't I don't even know where to focus like my energy of excitement of who ends up being better than they were this season. Because you can go in so many different ways. Jalen Franz, Cole, RJ Hampton, Wendell, this draft pick. Like there's so many different things to be excited about this offseason that can really be the 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 tipping point for the Orlando Magic. And it can literally come from any avenue. Like pick, pick what route. Because the way that these guys are, and I and I think that you know they they motivate each other that this offseason. There, somebody is going to make that leap. Someone 100% is going to make that leap. And uh, as of right now, I got my money on Marco. Oh, yeah, for sure. But by the way, shout out to RJ Hampton yesterday, man. 21 points, five assists, six rebounds, shot the ball well. I need him to be a little more aggressive out there, man. When he shoots the ball more than three times a game, he usually has a pretty good game. Uh, I know he has a lot to improve. He needs a game to slow down a lot for him. But the kid shows flashes. And last year in May, remember he won Rookie of the Year, uh, Rookie of the Month in May. He showed this type of flashes, like scoring 20 plus, five assists, six rebounds. Good to see him ending the season in that note. I think he needs to, again, keep that going into the summer. He's a hard worker, but he's a key member of our team too. Again, he struggled pretty heavily this season, except shooting the ball. He shot the ball pretty well. 
But everything else, he kind of took a step back, in my opinion. Um, so it was fun to see the fact that he played that game yesterday uh, and ended the season so strong. Yeah. And then um, also Jalen Suggs said that I'm going to become so much better, show it off to the world, you know, and the side that you're on now, stay on that side and we're going to get it rolling over. So a lot of positive things coming out of um, the post interviews with the Orlando Magic. Now, some of the comments, or one of the comments that really stood out to us was was really Mobamba. So in his um, post interview, he said, and this is really in regards to, you know, this upcoming offseason with his free agency, restricted free agency. He said, I want to be a part of he wants to be I want to be a part of it, the Magic's future. I want to be here. I want to make that clear. I'll let that stuff handle itself and continue to work regardless. How surprising was that for you? Were you surprised that he verbally said, I want to be with I want to be with these guys with with the squad. I want to be a part of what we're building and growing. I think uh, that was unexpected for me. I think we all know that Mobamba likes it here, but to put it into words uh, and put it out there in the media before the season ends, it's kind of smart, though. It kind of puts the pressure on the front office to say, hey, man, this guy wants to stay here. The fans kind of embraced him a little bit. He showed flashes. Crap, we got to pay him <laughs> in a way because he kind of said it out there. He put it out there now. It's, I don't want to leave. So if you don't see me coming back, the it's magic on, it's makes on the them. That's right. So it's smart of him. I don't know if his agent kind of coach him up a little bit but uh it's good to see man i think mo it's well he's always been it's a wild card and still that case like he has moments where last night's game he looked great he hit a bunch of three-pointers he blocked some shots he rebounded the ball he has to improve on the little things defensive awareness boxing out the little things gaining gaining muscle that's still an issue um but when he goes out there and drops 20 10 and three blocks it's hard not to say, God damn, like we got to bring this kid back. But then he shows up the next time, drops four, five, and six fouls. It's like, what happened? So he needs to work really, really hard this summer. Keep working with Coach mostly and, and kind of find out who are you as a player? Like, are you a guy that we really want to build around and keep around here? Or again, is a guy like Chet going to get drafted and we don't need you anymore? So it's going to be interesting, but... A part of me says I would love to see Mobamba continue to grow in Orlando because I don't think we've seen what he can become just yet. This is also the same conversation that we have every season. But as of yep. right now, if it was my choice, I'd I'd find a way to keep him around. Uh, we've we've seen whether you want to agree with it or not. Every season we see some type of growth from Mobamba, um, and I'm expecting for him to have a really really good off season. Now, when it comes to this past season, Al, what would you say is your most favorite or memorable moment from this past season? What is what is part of the season that stood out to you? So two come to mind. And two no, come to mind. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. No, that's not what that's, I asked. They're similar. No, that's similar. not what I asked. Okay, let's hear it. Two come to mind. They're both by rookies. So I guess I can kind of put it into one. So Franz Wagner's dunk against Minnesota. That's when I felt like, who the heck is this kid? Like, where's he, where's he coming from with this this play? Open my eyes for sure when he threw down that dunk. Uh, All right, wait before you say because I already feel like you're gonna say mine, and I didn't have another moment prepared that was better than the one that I was gonna say, and I feel like you're gonna say it, so I'm just gonna <laughs> steal your thunder and say Jalen Suggs dunk over Demar Derozan. There you uh, go against Chicago. So for me, why those moments were so memorable is because. Man, we haven't had players again, like like young guys that stand out for whatever reason. Like even Chuma, J.I., Mo Bamba. As rookies, 
they were okay. Like they were okay. They were good players. They had the little moments where they looked good. J.I., you could tell he could be a great defender. But there was not a highlight that you were like, whoa. I mean, Cole Anthony had his his two game winning that's true. Game winning shots in one season as a rookie. That's true. So I'm gonna say maybe lately we're seeing that from our rookies where they kind of man, like they're on ESPN. They're on, you know, getting thousands of views uh, on Twitter and on Instagram, on YouTube. So for me, getting that attention and saying, hey, we're here. And not only that, the way they reacted after the dunk, it's like yeah. the emotion, the fire. 100%. Love it. So that to me was like, man, we may suck right now, but these young guys have that flair, that fire in them to want to be great. So that was my favorite moment for me. Uh, so we kind of shared one of them. But if I had to say one, Franz, to me was like, man, like this kid, it's not afraid. Yeah, you know what's funny is that when when we got rid of Evan Fournier, um, I was like, man, you know, I have all the players that we had. Evan Fournier probably has like one of the most passionate reactions after a big play out of anyone. Like this dude is always like screaming, yelling, pumping his chest. Like he was the only one that was really doing that. You really didn't see that from Nicola. Aaron Gordon should have been the type of player that really was like that, but he he didn't have it. Not not at the level that Evan Fournier was on. Um, and when we when we move Evan Fournier, I was like, damn, we're we're not gonna have that that one player that that does that and franz wagner is is that dude like you you watch you see any of his gifs that they have online highlight videos like this dude is after any big play he is stomping he is hitting his chest which is kind of the the irony of it is you really didn't see that like now that i now that i've i've done my research like you saw that in michigan but you really didn't expect that from him because he seems like kind of like a, a shy timid kid and not on the basketball court. Like, uh-uh. like this dude is, is screaming, yelling. He's doing all that. So I, I agree. And then when it when it comes to that Jalen Suggs play, I think uh, everything was perfect about it. From him kind of just like, you know, sweeping through the middle and and taking against DeMar DeRozan. And in slow motion, the play is just amazing because you see him kind of put his elbow out and pushes DeMar Compton DeRozan out of the way dunks on him pays no mind to demar Derozan afterwards and he's just like focusing his attention on on the person that was talking smack on the sidelines and and pumping his chest and screaming out magic city Uh, that was such a a fun moment that you you forget you forget for a moment that we were the worst team in the nba that's right and then the way that the both announcers reacted and you know who do i think they are the worst team of the nba I'm like, right 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 they they went on a <laughs> they went on a little battle with with a couple magic fans for the next couple days and i remember that and then you had terrence Russell's reaction that was absolutely prices prices holding his head and for like a solid 15 seconds just out of disbelief like everything about that play was was amazing for a moment when that happened like everything stopped everything was in slow motion like don't don't pass the ball in. Don't continue playing. Just take a moment. Take it all in. Um, it was definitely definitely a highlight reel. Definitely a highlight reel and something to remember. And that's why we made it um our uh, exit of the show at the end. Our little uh, what do you call it? The closing scene outro. of the show. Outro. Outro. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it yet, if you're listening to the show, go on YouTube and just play that last thirty seconds of the show. You got the Franz dunk. You got the Jaden Sucks dunk. This is why. All right, so Al, who's your team MVP? Who's your most valuable player for the Orlando Magic? So I think the answer is going to be pretty uh, standard, I think, across the board. 
But I'm going to surprise you. I'm going I'm to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to say the team's MVP this season, for me, was Cole Anthony. What? Why, you may ask. Right, I know, right? You're like, why? I, there's two others that I'm like, it's Franz and Wendell. Like, I, 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 know, I know why. I know why you're going to say it, but now I'll, I'll give you the four. So I'm going to say it mainly because this dude had the responsibility to be the starting point guard once again and, and run the show for this team. Not only that, but the first half of the season, really, before he could injure his ankle, this dude was light out. This dude was playing really well. In the fourth quarter, he was amazing. Multiple nights, multiple games. Um, led the team in scoring this season. But most importantly, the way that he cares about the city of Orlando, the way that he embraces the team, the way that he's a great leader off the court, even when he's on the bench, missing games with injuries, the dude is the first one to get up and, and greet his teammates. And he's created a culture in Orlando. Now, we keep talking about this. The team gets along so well. The chemistry. Don't forget, Cole Anthony's a big part of that. His personality, his interviews, the way that he carries himself. Um, unfortunately, the dunk contest was my letdown. I wish he would have done better there. But as a teammate, I'm surprised. I'm surprised the the Timberland dunk wasn't like your most. No, stop it. Favorite moment of the season. Stop it. But. That's why I think, in my opinion, Cole Anthony deserves that award. Uh, again, and all the guys were probably a little more consistent. But, again, he still led the team in scoring. 5.4 rebounds, 5.7 assists, almost one steal. He didn't shot the ball well. That's the reality. He, he needs to work on that. But everything else, this dude did. So, Cole Anthony's my guy. How about you? I'm not going based on stats. I'm not. I'm, I'm just going on on who I thought was was the anchor for the Magic um, a lot of people could easily say Franz Wagner because from start to finish, he's been extremely consistent. Um, but I've, I would like to give it to Wendell. I would love to give it to Wendell Carter. I think that his growth alone, he's a completely different player than the little bit that we saw last season. He's going to stretch his, his shooting ability. Um, when we had the interview with his trainer, um, Aaron Rainey, he talked about the one thing that you're going to, that's going to surprise a lot of people this season was, was his ability to shoot. And I think that, you know, that was the biggest difference that we've seen from Wendell. And he's someone that he, like, how, how do you want it? Do you want it from behind the arc? Do you, do you want me to body you down in the paint? Like, how do you, how do you want it? And he's someone that can be consistent, be that big body that we need, um, can stretch the floor. And his game is only going to elevate that much more because, one, he has the confidence. Two, he managed for the most part to stay healthy. And then you got Markel Foltz that, that's looking for him and, and feeding him and and really making his, his shooting just that much easier by allowing for him to be able to take open shots. I mean, how many times did we see in the little sample size that we had, Markel Foles taking it to the paint and just a little quick dish to Wendell. Oh, here you go, Wendell. Oh, gotcha. Just eat points left and right. He was making the job so easy. And that chemistry is, is going to only build. So I'd give it to Wendell. Yeah, man. You cannot go wrong with that. And that was really the, the right answer, right? I think I, I just didn't want to say the same answer as you. So I, I kind of went off, off script a little bit. But... I mean, Wendell's a guy. How, that can, how could you like, go off script if you went first? Because I knew you were going there, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've also heard all the podcasts of the Magic today, and, and, and a lot of people have Wendell's the number one guy. So I'm like, I got to change nice. it up a little bit. But 
I gotta say this, man. Um, when we traded for him, and I've said this before, I never expected Wendell Carter to be the guy that he became. And every month, he just got better and better and better. Um, and towards the end, I would not expect nothing less than 18 points, 10 rebounds, a couple of blocks. Like, it just... The Magic have this thing where they keep finding great centers, and then the centers that just kind of gravitate towards being great in Orlando. And for some reason, I can already see Wendell fitting that that shoe here in Orlando. Yep. Like, hey, he may not be Shaq. They may not be Dwight Howard. We know that. But it's going to be a solid piece. Think of Vooch. I cannot see this kid not at least being Vooch for us if he stays here 10 years. He has the talent. He has the potential. He has a drive to be great. Um, and like you said, point guards in our team, whether it's Suggs, Cole, or Markel, look for him. They know that when they go to him, a good thing's going to happen. And he's a great passer, too. We we, we kind of oversee that a little bit. But he's a great passer as well. So the future is, I mean, the sky's the limit. That's, that's the, theme, the theme of the day for the Magic. But for Wendell, that is truly a real thing. Like, he can be so great here if he continues to work. I agree. Now, what would you say? And, I, you know, we're going to do a little different. What has been the most disappointing thing this season? And I think that we should say it at the same time on the count of three. Come on, man. That, that's we haven't, we haven't, we haven't talked about it. Do I don't it. know what you're going to say. Go for it. All right. One, three. two, three. Jonathan. Isaac. No, let's, 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 oh, oh you already messed it up, man. <laughs> you're supposed to do it at the same time. Jonathan Isaac easily. How are you going to mess that up? We're supposed, after three, <laughs> you say it. Jonathan Isaac easily uh, the most disappointing thing this season. Whether that's his fault or the front office fault, whether it's a a combination of the two, Jonathan Isaac, Isaac Jonathan, easily from Fox News to more Fox News to him not playing to the re-injuries to comments here, comments there. Jonathan Isaac by far the most disappointing. And I will continue to say the same thing. I don't care what this guy does off the court. I don't care about the Fox News. I don't care about – not that I don't care about the book. I'm sure it's a good book. Go out and buy the book and read it. But the fact that he hasn't played in the last two seasons, I think it's 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 at the point where it's disappointing because you know that he is such an integral part of this basketball team that with him on the floor, it would make everyone's life so much easier not just the life of of his teammates, but the life of his coaches, the life of the Orlando Magic fan base. Like literally, Jonathan Isaac would make the Orlando Magic that much more respectable. And the fact that we haven't had that for the last two years and the front office literally dragged it out until the end of the season with people still expecting that we might see him this season. We get a little bit of Markel Fultz. And then we're expecting maybe, just maybe, and then it doesn't happen. Easily, Jonathan Isaac, the most disappointing factor of this season. So I think we both agree on that. That's one A. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a one B. Just just to be different, right? Because again, our listeners expect some debate going back and forth, not just the same answers, right? I want to give you one B being our front office during the season. I love everything they did up until the season started. But I was very disappointed with the way they handled the J.I. situation. So it kinda, it's going to link to J.I. Um, even the Markel situation. No updates. The secrecy. The I don't get it, man. It's like this, this drama behind a simple thing, which could just be, hey, 
they're progressing, the timeline looks X, Y, and Z. We expect to see them back around this time. Something. We never got nothing. But to make matters worse, we both took our day off on the trade deadline, expecting we're going to see Gary Harris or Terrence Ross or both moved. 305 hits. We keep refreshing like crazy. Nobody gets moved. But wait, the season ends and this guy basically don't play the last 10 games of the season. They're just sitting on the bench, not playing. I hope there's a plan to all this craziness. I hope there's some trade talks that went down the trade deadline. They said, hey, we're going to go back to revisit those of the draft. We got some deals we can make happen then, maybe not now. Because if all we did was sit down Gary Harris and keep him for nothing to let him just leave, what? And then if we trade Ross for a second round pick, why not just do it in, 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 in February? So that to me was 1B. J.I. linking it to both, yes. But I think the front office did some things that were kind of weird uh, towards the trade deadline. And again, the way they, they, the way they handled the injuries and just communication with the fan base, not a fan of it. There is a way to make it up. And how we make that up is on May 17th, the NBA lottery. Because there can only be one thing that would be more disappointing than the things that we had already mentioned. And that's us falling out of the top three. So a lot of things to look forward to. May 17th is going to be the first one, NBA draft lottery, followed by June 23rd, the NBA draft. And then June 30th, free agency should be starting at, at that point. So a lot of different things to look forward to. Um, we got YouTube videos coming out in regards to kind of us doing our, our reactions on players within the 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 top four or five we'll probably focus on and then maybe take a look at some of the players that you know we might look at with the early second round draft picks so that's something to keep an eye out um on that note man it's a wrap man i appreciate you guys listening and we'll catch you guys next week thank you for listening to the ozone podcast the voice of magic fans for all the latest orlando magic news and updates follow us on twitter at the ozone pod and on instagram at orlando magic hq remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms